0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Yeah, well, we are in the middle of the holiday season and it's really a beautiful time to spend thinking about and even feeling the experience of gratitude. To uh, really sink into the space of this is something that we'll be spending today's show looking at, certainly in part, certainly at the beginning. And I invite you today to be one of those days that I love to open up calls to all of you. And therefore the phone number to dial in at is 602-753-1860. It's 602-753-1860. This has been posted on Facebook and I hope Twitter by my wonderful intern down in Florida, Phyllis Fryer, who helps us move forward here smoothly when uh, we reach points of crisis. (laughs) It's frequent. No, not really crisis, but just say, let's say, timing obstacles. Timing obstacles and Phyllis and her wonderful son Randy uh, have been just at the helm over and again helping A Better World Radio and A Better World Media move forward. It's really uh, a real honor. Here is a direct experience that I have of gratitude. This is the way it shows up. You can have gratitude in general for the gift of being alive, of being in what the Buddhists call a precious human body, for my precious human birth you can be uh, happy and grateful for the parents that you were born to the family in which you were born, your friends your life, your lifestyle, and for people who are part of a common vision with you who are peers, who stand by your side, who are ready and willing to help out at a moment's notice, and you too in turn to help them as best you can. This type of friendship, this kind of human contact is precious and um, it's priceless. There's uh, in a society, in a culture that tends to put a monetary value Uh, on virtually everything, even human life. If you look at the insurance industry, um, or the military industry for that matter, you know, you see that uh, it's uh, quite reductionary, in fact. And not to say that monetization isn't important and have its place in life. Of course it does. We all know that. We'd be foolish to say it doesn't have a place. But Does it have the supreme place? Oh, boy. I would say absolutely not. Not maybe. Not relatively, but absolutely not. And a culture that does define everything in such a way is a highly limited and uncivilized culture. It's not part of what we could refer to as civilization, but that for another day. Today, just to come back to, circle back to gratitude. I I was really just saying that the people that help out here at A Better World, uh, really it's just a small handful, but they are very important. And I just mentioned Phyllis and Randy Fryer down in Florida who you know, through email and uh, occasional phone calls and Skyping and all of our fancy, wonderful new technologies are on the ball literally every week, helping to support the writing uh, well, the delivery of the newsletter um, the putting it together, the copying and pasting uh, getting it onto the website of betterworld.tv and just in short, midwifing all of those kinds of activities that are just too much for Uh, a small organization like mine to handle and for me to handle all with everything else I do. And then we have Catherine McQueenie up here in New York, who actually is down in Florida right now. But she too, with especially the PRN show, Progressive Film Hour with Mitchell Rabin every week, I feel a tremendous and deep sense of gratitude toward because she just selflessly does a huge amount of work, as do my wonderful interns in Florida, Phyllis and Randy. And I, you know, one becomes speechless when one contemplates this kind of selfless activity. And uh, it's beautiful to behold, and it reaffirms uh, one's own view that there are people in the world who are just magnificent and are ready to do good and are committed to good and have the values of goodness in their heart and in their soul. And at the end of the day, that's what we are measured by. That's what we measure ourselves by. It's not how much money we have in the bank. It's not the size of our house. None of this kind of thing. It's just all completely secondary to who we are as human beings. And surely we want our inner life to be reflected and the riches of our inner life to be reflected in our outer life. That's a beautiful, beautiful kind of symmetry that we all seek. It's a beauty. It's an aesthetic that uh, is well worth uh, putting energy into. At the end of the day, however, no matter what the outside may look like, when we know in our own hearts that our intentions are good and our actions do everything we can make them do to be in accordance with those intentions and those intentions are predicated on high-minded, big-hearted values, priorities. Wow. Wow. That's a home run, my friends. That is a home run. So I also have a new uh a new intern here in New York, Nadia, who is uh quite new and is just getting her tea legs when she can come in to help with some administration and uh these kinds of efforts that people make. And I, of course <laughs> at the helm here are doing <laughs> am doing all I can uh you know, to um, make this thing fly and to continue to bring programs that will educate, inspire, inform. That's the game. That's the game. So uh, I'm very glad for all of your attention to our shows, A Better World Every Week, and hopefully you also get a chance to Listen to Progressive Film Hour with Mitchell Rabin this past uh, week, just Tuesday afternoon, uh, was a really interesting show. Um, it's just wonderful to be interviewing the people that I'm interviewing. Uh, yesterday it was Peter Bick, the director filmmaker of a film called Carbon Nation, It came out a few years ago, and it looks at what the fossil fuel industry is doing to our respective habitats across the world and what we can do as real, palpable, real-world solutions when we look at wind, when we look at solar, when we look at geothermal. It didn't touch on hydropower, which is something that I am personally engaged in helping to bring, to uh, places like uh, Latin America. We're at the very beginning of that process now. And uh, my uh, collaborators, my partners, are working diligently in Africa. They're back and forth and setting up, uh, making arrangements for micro-hydropower to land on the water. Can you say that, land on the water? I think you can. (laughs) Uh, that's what we're doing. In this way, we, uh, with the technologies that we're using we can keep the uh, indigenous people exactly where they are. No one has to move. All you need is a trailer and a car or a truck to bring the unit to the water's edge and with the slightest nudge off into the water it goes, gets anchored gets hooked up to land, and starts through the current electricity for all of the local people. In contradistinction too, by the way, the types of uh, World Bank, IMF, government level uh, dam, multi-billion dollar, multi-year projects more multi-decade projects, to build out enormous hydropower dams and facilities that always, I think it's really safe to say, always displaces the local people, the native indigenous people of the area, no matter how many generations they may have been living there, and claim that land as theirs, not necessarily as ownership in some kind of official, formal legal way, but uh, energetically and spiritually, it's the land of their ancestors, and it's the land uh, on which they live and reside and uh, are guests of beautiful Mother Nature in that space, in that place, and they care for that land, and we honor that and respect it and do what we can, and we do work around, and actually in service to them so they can enjoy the delights of electricity, and the modern accoutrement that we get to enjoy because of electricity because of the development of technology and uh, it's a good thing, it's a good thing Uh so this is a form of spreading the wealth, if you will, and the gratitude they feel uh, as they learn about the projects that we're embarking upon is great and our ability to be in our position to provide such technologies which would provide such um, convenience, it allows for pumps in water wells so women or daughters especially don't have to walk for miles to bring a bucket of water home for the family. Now, it's important to note that there's a sociology in direct uh, proportion to the way things are now in a non-formally you know, technological world in the villages of Africa and Latin America and in the forests of both. You know, so don't think I'm running amuck with that. No, 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 no. I know that when the women walk or the daughters walk to the water well, which might be in the next village, that they are taking time to spend with each other sometimes in song and merriment, sometimes in consolation, uh, sometimes always in one form or another of friendship. So sometimes it's gossiping and bickering. I understand. That's all part of the human drama, isn't it? All of these are the component parts. So we're not at all looking to disrupt that. And if they want to keep walking to that next village and doing the same, well, they surely can. We're not looking to disrupt any patterns as such, but we are looking to avail these people of choice. And that is what we're doing. And the opportunity also for access to the internet once you have electricity, then you have uh, access to lighting at night, which has its drawbacks too, of course, though. I'm aware of that, but there's a, a, a fine line between abuse and excess and right use of technology and electricity and modern conveniences. Let's just admit it. And uh, as long as a person goes to bed at a reasonable time and sleeps in total darkness um, to uh, blank out the artificial lighting so the melatonin can be properly released and the glands of the brain can work properly, will be fine. And talking about that very brain, I would like to say, as I mentioned in our Facebook uh notice about today's show, that generosity is, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, uh, the greatest form and emotion of receivership. What an interesting idea. To feel gratitude, to be grateful, and the physical, emotional experience of that sensation, emotion, idea in the form of an emotion is what opens up the heavens for receiving. Interesting. Interesting point he makes. I recently had the pleasure and joy and opportunity to spend a weekend with Joe up in Norwalk, Connecticut, for one of his progressive workshops, and I'm telling you, the man is onto it. He's just onto it, and uh, I I just feel very strongly about the good work he's doing and the way he's opening up his knowledge base and his experiential base and his intelligence and creativity with people, and uh, when they apply these principles that he outlines that are essentially, uh, I think it's fair to say metaphysically based, which is also describable in terms of quantum physics and the marriage of quantum physics with neuroscience. You end up with a home run, folks, a home run. So I would certainly encourage you to look into the work of Joe Dispenza I think the website is drjoedispenza.com if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, when you access the prefrontal lobes, the prefrontal cortex, uh, one of the greatest emotions there, right beside love and compassion, the other of the triumvirate is gratitude. And by allowing the feeling, cultivating the feeling, intending the feeling, all brings with it a certain kind of biochemical and bioelectrical profile. And it allows for the release, the eliciting, if you will, of uh, certain hormones that will help to support Happiness, joy and well being that will support the release of endorphins and other neuropeptides in the brain that will help to further support um and reiterate the uh the bliss state that many of us feel the human being is really destined to be experiencing a good part of every day. Isn't that interesting? think for a moment about the state you spend most time in emotionally. What it feels like to be you. And then what it feels like to be the bliss you. You know, you as bliss bunny. Yeah. (laughs) Put that one on for size, right? Um, When you are that, you are at your higher nature. You are the being that you want to be. And that's beautiful. That's really what we're looking for, folks, when we talk about human potential. When, uh, as many of you know, I've been recently trained in higher brain living out in Chicago and I'm now an advanced facilitator of that work in New York City with a, a wonderful handful of others. And I'm doing this work with people week after week now and it's so interesting to see what shows up. And just to say that That process helps to activate the prefrontal cortex and helps to activate these deep and beautiful abiding emotions of joy, of love, of empathy, of compassion, of gratitude. I know that when you're on the table, I know I've experienced it myself. There is this deep sense of thanks. Oh, Lord. Thank you, dear God. You want to just offer your heart up to the heavens. That's what goes on. And what's interesting is that neuroscience allows us these days to see that there is a neurochemical profile of exactly these states. A neuroelectrical profile that we can repeat and repeat and become it in fact, we don't have to remain the way we were sort of taught to be, but we invent ourselves. That's the kind of human being you want to be, and hence I would just refer back to Joe Dispenza's book, "The Habit: Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Well, yourself from that point of view is sort of the small S, the self that we more or less inherited from our original family, our family of origin, from our original peership to our original culture and the way we were taught to be. We learned habits. We learned emotions. And we've memorized them. And we repeat them day after day. And some of them are not so pleasant. Some are quite pleasant. But by and large, we are humming at a level. We are vibrating, you could say, at a level That is not our optimum. So, what to do? There are people that I know who do not really know the experience of gratitude in their daily lives. They just don't live from that place. Others, Others of us touch into that place routinely as a habit. It's a habit that has been made by design, by choice, by conscious choice. Interesting. And maybe that's what we mean by becoming conscious. That we redesign ourselves, we let go of those parts of us we no longer want. We release them. And if you look at a Better World Media, what we had on Monday night at 7pm was Larry Crane of the release technique. Interesting. So you could see there is a certain kind of thematic evolution in what we do here at A Better World, from looking at the inner self and working with what I like to refer to as inner ecology and moving from that space based on conscious choice of sifting through, sorting through the old and sometimes the unnecessary and letting it go, blessing it, and kicking out the door. And, uh, replacing that with the self you want to be, with the values you want to embrace, with the sense of posture, of poise, of dignity, all of the above, integrity that you want to manifest in this world as a representative of these valiant, valuable virtues, three V's in one sentence, not bad, What do you think of that? That we can be virtuous by choice. And uh, then we create a community of people who have a certain sense. I mean, the old Jews, the old rabbis used to talk about the righteous judges who were placed around the world who would be seeking to uphold justice, which means to uphold integrity of people fulfilling in that context what we refer to as the mitzvot, which really means obligations. Obligations to each other and obligations to the divine. Not looking at life from the point of view of rights. It's my right to walk down the street. Well, you're right. It is. It's a right, you could say. But, you know, when we look at the world from the vantage point instead of What is my obligation to create a better world? What is my obligation to my fellow man and woman to offer back? I was given this beautiful life. I'm grateful for this life. And I want to contribute something back to the community, to the generations, to the ancestors, and to future generations. The fact that I was given life to share it. And Inherent in this, of course, folks, are the deep spiritual principles that underlie our culture. You know, our culture at large may not refer to these as spiritual principles, but that doesn't matter what words they use. They remain principles of living, of a good living, of a way of relating to each other in a way. I have great friends. In fact, one of them I am about to hop on the air with me, who is another wonderful uh, giver to a better world, David Katzmeyer, who I have had on these very airwaves a number of times because he is uh, a gifted thinker, philosopher, and he has brought forward to the world a wonderful gem called Kilo rhythms and he's been in service to a better world even when I wasn't looking way back when we first met in the early nineties. And uh you know, this kind of selflessness just goes so far and at this time of year it becomes even more accented and all the more prevalent. In fact tomorrow I'll be going to a luncheon uh sponsored by the Pachamama Alliance which is all about protecting and preserving the people in Ecuadorian Amazon rainforest, the Achuar Indians, and working to change that part of our psyche, that cultural, psychological imprint that says more is better and more now, and I'm important and no one else is, and I'm going to take what I want at any expense, etc., which is utterly destroying our planet. And it's destroying the very fabric of integrity in our inner lives. So that's an example. The Pachamama Alliance is one of those many, many groups. And last week, on these very airwaves, I had a uh, John Simzon, who's the Outreach Director of Pachamama Alliance, out in uh, the Bay Area, and he'll be here uh, tomorrow for the luncheon at the Chelsea Piers. And if you go to a abetterworld.tv, there may be room still for you. And I'll also tell you that uh, there is um, a symposium on Saturday, uh, December 6th, that will be held in Brooklyn around Dumbo on Water Street. And you can sign up for that, too, again, free. The luncheon is free. The symposium is free. Of course, the luncheon is very definitely a fundraiser. Make no mistake about that. But it's in order to serve all of us. That's why. So more on that if you go to a abetterworld.tv. There's plenty of information. If you're not yet getting the newsletter, oh boy, make sure. Because just look at the last week or two, and even this week, what shows we have had on, and what you could be availing yourselves of. So at this moment, I'd love to touch base with my dear old friend, David Katzmeyer. Welcome to A Better World, Dave. Thank you, Mitchell, and
0: thank you for taking my call.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So good of you to call. The subject, I, I was uh, waxing uh, eloquent about your wonderful gifts for so many years to a better
0: world, David Katzmeier. And Well, yeah, and it's a small of contribution today. when you think about it. Uh, a, a lot of your devoted listeners uh, may not know that this is something that you do as a you're returning to the world and it's most appropriate that you're talking about gratitude here in this Thanksgiving season and a lot of we'll take a little pause and we'll get together with the family and we'll have a wonderful dinner and we may remember for a couple of hours to give thanks for one thing or another hopefully we do that much um, yes. but let's really uh, an act of devotion and the Better World Media, radio TV, the blog, the newsletter, the outreach, the guests, the coordinations, uh, and all the announcements that you make is something that I know that you have been doing for more than two decades. You don't do it for pay. This is uh, your contribution back to society. A lot of people uh, don't know how much time you put into it. Uh, and not only are not getting paid for it, uh, you often are spending money on resources and materials and so forth, and uh, sometimes for labor even, to get people to assist with what needs to be done while you bring this message out to everybody. But you know, many hands make light work. If each one of us were to take a little bit of assimilation of gratitude into our lives and then just give back a little, then everybody would be Giving a lot. After all, the realization is merely uh, acknowledging the gifts we already have. That's so why I appreciate. God bless night. you.
1: Yeah. No, I, I I very much appreciate the words, and it's true. You are one of those who are on the inside at a better world, and really do know uh, about the uh, the elbow grease that goes into it, and the time that's committed, and the uh lack of monetary flow generated from it certainly there's a a trickle a wee bit of trickle and if you have a micro um a microscope, you might be able to see it <laughs> and uh but you're right dave i I do do this because it's in my heart to do it, and uh we have been seeking to monetize it, and we do in some ways at some times um but the real purpose here, there there are also what are called social enterprise companies that are doing a tremendous amount of good in the world. Um, and they do so at a profit. And they do so, God willing, at a uh, uh, a moderate profit, which has been one of my themes for the longest time, that the issue is not one of capitalism or some other system I agree with Adam Smith and as far as, you know, there really is uh, a natural order to what we refer to as capitalism. I think it's a a pretty awful word. It doesn't really describe the ebb and flow that happens between people when they are exchanging energy, because in effect, that's really all it is. It's a very simple thing. Um, money just happened to have become the uh, the currency, if you will, of the transactions. But long before money, um, and even simultaneous to money, it was um, it was plums and apples and tomatoes and cows and heifers and you know um, and uh, elbow grease and skills and crafts and you know the things that uh, keep communities built and growing. And uh, so I think that there is a place for exchange. I think that that's really a very natural part of the principle, in fact. Uh, But people like you and I, Dave, now that you've gotten onto the, uh, the media bandwagon, you know what it's like to give of yourself and the joy that we experience from the giving of ourselves, you also know that um, even when you don't have the time to do it because you are making money through your wonderful website building and now video and all of this, um, you know, you have to do it anyway because you've made the commitment to do it. And you've got to put the other stuff
0: aside and do your public service. That's absolutely Is absolutely a true? First thing to And say? it really comes back to you once you have at- gratitude. You know, a little less attitude, a little more gratitude. Um, yeah. you, you know, the Native Americans...
1: When, and it gives you uh, a little bit awesome. more
0: latitude. <laughs> yeah. Right, I like that. <laughs> and it's <laughs> latitude, all right. So, uh, very good. I would say the Native Americans, when they would shoot a deer or another animal... Um, and they would they would often give a prayer of thanks. They're giving thanks and respect to the animal they just killed. It's giving up its body. This is sustaining life. I mean, the Eskimos still say a prayer when after they slaughter a seal. Um, yeah. And you know, just that putting that ritualistic respect and appreciation into everything, every living thing, everything around you, gives you a different perspective on life. Um, And not to really get into politics, but uh, John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And, you know, well, we're becoming that less nationalistic, and, you know, we can extend this, ask not what the world can do for you, ask what you can do for the world. You're one of the people who are doing it, and there are a lot of people out there who are are doing that. Uh, Oprah gives away enormous amounts of money every year. It's not even publicized. People don't even know how much she gives away. Um right. Johnny Carson was another person like that. It wasn't until after he died that we found out that he used to comb through the newspapers and, and read and he would find a story of, you know, one difficult situation or another. And he had set up something called the Johnny Carson Fund and he would just write a check to and just give away money to whoever he thought needed it. But it's not always money, it's it's often are caring, somebody goes down and helps at their local synagogue, at their local church, or just helps out someone else, because appreciation comes in action. And if we remember this, not only in the national world arena, but not only um, in between organizations, right down into the interpersonal level. You know, people sometimes, they get in relationships and they have trouble and they get angry with each other. But um, something that is to be remembered, a great takeaway that you can have from this conversation is that the bridge between love and anger is appreciation. When you recognize and appreciate someone else, all of a sudden you have touched their heart. And that takes away uh, a lot of conflict in interpersonal relationships. It could be in a community. It could be international relationships. could learn from this. And so I'm really happy that you're addressing the issue of gratitude itself because, unfortunately, we need to be reminded of that. Give a prayer of thanks, a meditative moment of thanks, and realize why would you be deserving to get more, to go after more, when you're not managing the things you already have. And if you don't appreciate what you have, you're not managing it.
1: Exactly, exactly. Very well put, Dave, and I very much appreciate your input very much. On A Better World, uh, of course, you're quite familiar with the many shows we've done over the course of 20-plus years. March will be actually 22. Oh, my, (laughs) 22. We're 21 now on uh, television and about 10 or so of those uh consistently on radio on Progressive Radio Network with uh Gary Null and uh Blog Talk Radio right here. Um and um gratitude, appreciation, acknowledgement. Uh these things are in fact <laughs> just this it's funny, uh this past Sunday joel olstein who I so enjoy i so enjoy i am so awed by this guy um uh, was doing a talk a sermon on uh honoring people and speaking well of people behind their back and uh that's a beautiful thing and I very much appreciated the subject and I happen to have tuned in to w b a i today which I do regularly, but i don't usually listen to the show that I had on this afternoon uh, but I was listening and the, uh, the speaker was quoting that about Joel and uh, how unusual it is for people to speak well behind each other. I, I, and I was surprised because actually in my life, and I guess this speaks well of myself and my community, uh we speak well about each other routinely i uh, it it would be the exception that we spoke um harshly about somebody and if it were it would be not harshly about them as people but of something they may have done that was foolish and surely i've done many of those so but the whole energy of speaking well of people um in general and of to them in particular face-to-face, or by phone, what have you, but to acknowledge them, if you notice in your body, there is a decontraction, there is a softening of the heart region, which is otherwise somewhat armored in this life we live today, with wars abounding everywhere, and trouble on the streets, etc., etc., and anger, You spoke a bit about, you know, anger and love, and anger really is a toxic emotion, and I come from a place where there, under the canopy of the universe, there is a place for just about everything – and anger is included. I don't think that God would have given us anger as an experience if it didn't have its usefulness. When uh, someone is crossing the street and they don't see an oncoming car and you shout, get out of the way! And you're even you know, infusing that loud volume with a touch of anger, boy, you could be saving that person's life. So there's a way to use instead of being used by such emotions. And I also personally believe that if we're paying more attention to love, compassion, um, acknowledgement, and honoring, um, and uh, appreciating, like you said, and that's all you could say aspects of gratitude, gratitude for being alive. Everything in life improves. It's a truly gestaltic, holistic experience. And I personally have gotten more and more really enthralled with looking at the physiology of emotions and looking at the, the biochemical, bioelectrical profile that shows up on our inner screens and our cellular life as a result of experiencing different emotions. And uh, it's really fascinating. If you want to do your immune system, the greatest good, honestly, let yourself meditate on gratitude for 10 minutes every morning. Just be grateful look at anything in the room, like in The Course in Miracles, and say, I am grateful for this. I am grateful for that. I am great for the, grateful for the people in my life. I am grateful for the fact that I have this precious human body, as the Buddhists would say. I am grateful for the fact that I can breathe, that my heart beats without my having to instruct it. My cells do trillions of of different activities every second. I mean, it, it's so mind-boggling what goes on because of the, the reality of our biology. It, it's far beyond our conscious comprehension. And giving thanks for all of these things actually makes our organs work better and it has been proven, scientifically proven,
0: to boost our immune system. How do you like them apples? I like them apples a lot, and uh, you have a way of presenting them to us uh, very clearly. You have many years of experience. You've been around the world numerous times, and you've had so many amazing scholars of all kinds on your shows. And you, you break it down. You assimilate it for us. And, you know, we really... Are you saying I preach, saying I preach you it for you? You do what? You preach are you yours? saying oh, are you I a preach a, you it a for a you? Spiritual Digest you know <laughs> spiritual digest radio here on a better world coming to you uh, the world will be happening live and we've got it on Great. radio and this so, is my ministry this is my ministry <laughs> <laughs> you know you mentioned Joel Holstein and uh, you know you, you talk about learning gratitude from uh, leaders such as him uh, he's also practicing it Do you know what this highfalutin televangelist makes from his television ministry, from the broadcast of all his shows, and from the church where he preaches? I have the exact figure. He makes nothing. Zero? Zero. Nothing. He makes nothing from the church, and he makes nothing from the show. Oprah Winfrey Mm -hmm. asked him, Well, how do you live? He said, I write books. I sell books. Oh my word! I make nothing from the church," he said. Um, (laughs) That is so. um, Yeah, talk about service. He gives service, but you know, um, you know. Once we have leadership of whatever form, whoever your leader is, it comes to practicing it in our lives. You talk about giving ten minutes of appreciation every morning. It's a common practice amongst yogis and yoginis to do. 10 minutes of prayer and meditation in the morning, 10 minutes of prayer and meditation at night without fail. Yes. This is when yes. they're doing their mantras. Uh, you know, you repeat a mantra, that's japa, or you do a chant, that's your sadhana, and you do meditation 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night without fail. And it, it changes graduate. your life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it changes your life. you know. And the funny thing is, I mean, I, I am convinced that God is really a Jewish comedian doing the borscht Belt. Yeah. I mean, I've known that for a <laughs> long time. An audience and you could ask me. Laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could ask me how I know it. Because he told me. How do you know it? <laughs> Are you oh, told
0: yeah. you? no. No, Did no. You no, no, no.
1: God told me. Oh, yes. yes uh, oh, no. He used me. I'm a foil. So I'm part of the act. Oh, for sure. He gets the jokes. <laughs> he gets the laugh. <laughs> and I just you know, I'm sort of like Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, you know, I, I just pose the questions, you know. But um mm-hmm. you No, know, the funny thing is that when we give, I mean this is going to sound you know, it's it's something that we all know, it's in our culture, um that when we give we are then given. We are given. We are actually given in the act of giving. So, when you break it down, you go, wait a minute, who's giving what to whom? And then if you take the whole conversation to a higher octave, which when you begin thinking about quantum physics and the fact that we are all truly one, and we refer to this notion of unity consciousness, or the unified field in quantum physics, or oneness in religious, spiritual, and metaphysical circles. Hey, when I give to you, I'm also giving to me because of the circular nature of reality. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who came up with this idea? Only a Jewish comedian doing the Borscht Belt,
0: Dave. Yeah. Yeah, and if you take from someone, you're taking from yourself. So yeah. um, it's really, and uh, you mentioned Christ. Uh, what Christ said: "What you do to the least among you, you do to me." You do to me. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this okay. is a way of entering the space of gratitude and uh, being appreciative. You know. It's a funny thing. I'm just going to go back to the amazing human body for a moment to ground this all in physiology and uh, Chinese energetics and spirituality. Because for the Chinese, ancient Chinese, and I know a few who are still around, immortalists. Uh, no, it's funny. When I went to China, which I've done now twice uh, with my dear friend Michael Nguyen who leads groups there uh to visit sacred mountains to do tai chi and chi kung and Taoist meditations on and I've been to a lot of them <laughs> and we've spent hours climbing it's no vacation but it's also a chance to vacate <laughs> and, uh, your ordinary life that's for sure but um in these contexts uh I've always told the young Chinese kids that we all, the group of us who are there traveling, know more about ancient China than we know about modern China. And we know more about ancient China than they know. Even though it's their heritage, they just, they don't really get schooled in it for lots of reasons. Uh, So, in the ancient Chinese culture, they embraced an idea that every organ had a spirit. And if you were good to the spirit, which another way of putting it is to the intelligence of the organ. If you could speak to the intelligence of the organ, it will respond because the organ, as we know from the wonderful work of cellular biologist Bruce Lipton, uh, is community of cells. And the cells are a community of, atom, of molecules. And molecules are a community of atoms. And the atoms are a community of, of subatomic particles. And the subatomic particles are really, at essence, a wave. They're not even a particle. So what we're really dealing with all the time, Dave, is waves and emptiness and wavicles, which is what they now refer to largely as a particle because a particle's behavior depends on if you're looking at it or not. (laughs) So let's go too far down that track. But Uh it is very interesting to think that we can talk with our organs and we can they're talking to us has your stomach ever grumbled you bet <laughs> have you ever burped you bet you know i'm not going to go further with that but you know the body is speaking to us and we in fact can speak to our body it's ours and this is a whole domain of our western culture that really isn't there i haven't found it but for the ancient chinese This is a part of their thinking. This is part of their consensual reality. They have meditations such as the inner smile, which we do in my Heaven on Earth workshops. By the way, folks, I did want to announce that the next Heaven on Earth workshop is tomorrow night down at 40 Exchange Place at 7 o'clock and all are invited. I just ask you to send me an email first at mjr at net. mjr at net and uh, in the subject line write this wonderful phrase, heaven on earth. So all know. So uh, all are invited. It's a nominal fee and uh, we love to have you come. And we talk about things like this about talking to our organs, and we do the inner smile meditation. And, you know, it occurred to me, I'll share this with you, Dave, um, and, of course, the audience, that uh, when you break things down to their sort of lowest common denominator, that doesn't mean low, that means common, uh, we see that everything is energy. And everything has energy, and we have Einstein, of course, to thank for that recognition that matter is energy. Um, and of course the ancient yogis as well Um, we see that everything also has a frequency and with that said love is said to be one of the highest if not the very highest frequency, love, compassion and gratitude are the highest frequencies and the expression of those things are what the Dalai Lama refers to as kindness we all do Because it's true. And kindness, inside the word kindness is of course the word kin. And kin refers in German, really, to family. It's Germanic. And that means you are regarding all as family. When you are expressing kindness, it's as though you're expressing kindness to a member of your family. Interesting, huh? And kinder where, of course, we get the word child and kindergarten, the place where children play in the garden, Uh, you know, all of this is just further corroborating and deepening the potential experience of words and of language, which is what we are built out of. Our minds and brains, later, are literally built out of language. They're the building blocks. So this gets very interesting. So when we speak to our organs and we address them in dignified groups of intelligences that are helping to run the entirety of our human biology, we are developing a relationship and we are signaling the highest frequency possible of love when we smile into our organs. Now, when I was taught this meditation many, many moons ago, I didn't have the understanding that we were signaling love. And by the way, the genes that also connect us to love. Joe Dispenza helped me see some of it and kind of meet up with that kind of languaging. Not that he was focusing on this subject exactly, but I see now through some of my study with him the way this all comports together. And it is us who are invoking the frequency of love and bathing our organs. And guess what? They're going to become very happy. And when they are happy, they become healthy. And when they become healthy, they function optimally. And then you have a good, healthy body and a good healthy mind. And you've got a healthy life is that interesting?
0: It is. It absolutely is. And, you know, uh, you're, you're getting us to think about everything as all as one and helping us to individuate the fractal relationship at the same time. Yeah, we can think exactly. of uh, organs as individual things in themselves. This is nothing new. The ancient Chinese have known this and begin to respect it as a system. And this is why image therapy can work. Super cancer patients. This is why yes. understanding different elements of the self, because when you understand about anything, you understand something about everything. This is why Blake Correct. spoke about seeing the entire universe in a single grain of sand. And so That's if right. you appreciate, you know, there's an old saying that it takes one to know one. When you begin to realize the aspects of yourself. From how the organs in your integrated system work to what your emotions are, to be able to feel the feeling. You have a realization. You have emotional intelligence. You are free from repression. You're able to experience. And when you do, and you look into the eyes of someone else, then you can recognize that person. You're not speaking at that person. You're speaking to that person, and you listen to, to that person. So when we realize ourselves, when we know ourselves and we know the divine, we can know each other, and that is when we will heighten our appreciation and gratitude for one another.
1: God bless and amen.
0: <laughs> you amen. Bet, you bet.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, in closing, like, give your website out to people so people can tune in to your good work with Kala Rhythms and the Web Elves and
0: everything else that you're doing. Uh, thank you. And learning that all things are one. All rhythms come from the one uh, source of creation and uh, the study of Kala Rhythms, K-A-L-A, rhythms.org is where you can find a lot of different references showing the cycles of time, the cycles of change. Kalarithms, K-A-L-A, rhythms.org. Beautiful, Dave. Thank you so
1: much for calling in and spending a little time with me on today's show.
0: Thank you for what you do for us all.
1: Okay. God bless. Thanks again. God bless. Appreciate it. (laughs) Dave Katzmeyer is truly a good friend of mine and of a better world. He's been a a real uh support and fan and proponent for a long time, doing a lot of uh work behind the scenes for a better world and me. It's been it's been beautiful. He's just one of my dearest friends. So, uh in closing I want to just thank you all for listening, and know that your attention is a gift to me. And you're spreading the word about a better world, both here at Blog Talk Radio, on our website, abetterworld.tv. Also, I want to remind you of MitchellRaben.com. You can spell my name right. M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-R-A-B as in brilliant, I-N dot com, is the website through which I speak with people regarding my work as a counselor and coach and therapist and workshop leader and business consultant and coach. So all of that is available to you at com which Dave Katzmeyer helped me to build as well. So uh, it's still being upgraded. We have more work to do there, as you'll see, and I haven't yet built into it the material on higher brain living which is now a new and wonderful aspect of the work I'm doing with people and they are enjoying it and there are very few places in the world that you can get it but here at A Better World is one of those places and you know you want to talk about awakening and you want to talk about uh, being deeply in touch with the higher emotions. This is a process uh, that helps to awaken those emotions in people who may have slipped out of uh, the routine habituated, good habituated um, experience of those. Sometimes life gets us down and we can't see the forest for the trees. And uh, So there are ways, folks, and that is one of them. In fact, you know, when people work with me individually or with couples uh, or business partners, they get the benefit of uh, kind of a, a higher view. So you've got um, good attitude, gratitude, moral latitude, and I'll add one more, greater altitude. It's not exact, but it's pretty close. So uh, I want to just thank you all again, because without you, I wouldn't be doing this. And uh, it's to reach each of you and for you to spread the the seed, as it were, and uh, get on the website and visit our Facebook page and join us and follow us on Twitter and it's all on the website. Just push a bunch of buttons. That's what we do these days. We push a bunch of buttons. <laughs> it's amazing. Also, uh, last comment to say that tomorrow, for those of you in the tri-state area, who have any feeling for Pachamama Alliance. Pachamama is the Quechua word. That's the Amazonian and Andean uh, native language of many, but uh, it's a prominent one. uh, For Mother Earth, Uh, what we have actually in Greek of Gaia, of Mother Earth as a living intelligence, as truly a mother giving rise to our biology and all the biology of sentient life. And the Pachamama Alliance is this beautiful relationship, specifically between the Achuar native Indians in uh, Ecuador, Ecuadorian Amazon, and a group in the United States and now all over the world that are seeking to create a new level of respect for Mother Earth and for life itself. And uh, they're doing brilliant work in um, protecting the Amazon which is the most biodiverse place on the planet and protecting the lifestyle of these native peoples. But way, way, way more than that. Of changing the dream we call it. Changing the dream of more is better and mine is now and I'll take all at any expense. That whole materialist trip is just oh my, just uh, sinking our ship. Just sinking our ship. Wow, that sounds like a rhyme. And we need to change. We need to look at ourselves and see more deeply what actions yield as consequences in this world and have a softer footprint as the Native peoples have been instructing us their younger brother for many years. So if any of you are interested in the Pachamama Alliance luncheon, it's tomorrow uh, early afternoon. It's a wonderful event. It is a fundraising event. It is for free and followed up by uh, Saturday in Brooklyn, uh, the symposium from 1 to 5. So powerful, both of these. I was at both last year. I'm going again. That's how powerful. Lots of video, lots of community networking and action. I met wonderful people there, some of whom I'm still in contact with. That's the kind of networking that happens when you're sharing deep values about appreciation of the beautiful web of life. So, on that note, remember that we also do take donations at a TV of any size. a month, $10 a month, $50 a month or more if you can. We appreciate all because that's what we do. We appreciate all. With that, God bless. Thank you again and I look forward to seeing you all next.